In the name of Jesus, amen. In our gospel reading today from Mark chapter 7, Jesus heals a, a deaf man. It's really a, quite the scene. And we're told that these townspeople, the whole town comes together, comes to Jesus to beg him to, to lay their hand on this man, which, which in itself is, is kind of cool that this whole community came together seeking this man's betterment. Not everyone, especially not all of those with special needs, are so fortunate to have such a community. But beyond that, it's really, it's really pretty bizarre. We're told that Jesus takes this man off in private. He sticks his fingers in his ears. We're told he spit, too. I don't know if he spit on his fingers first and then stuck them in the ears, which reminds me of something we used to do to people in middle school. But I don't think, don't think that's what Jesus was wet willy in the guy. But it's, it's strange. He takes him aside, ears, uh, fingers, spit, groans to God. It says, epitha. I prefer the, maybe Ephatha, maybe he whispered it. Ephatha, and this, this man's ears are open. Uh, beyond the, the middle school memory, the first thing that, that popped into my mind in thinking about this story and preaching on it was for me to wonder, uh, I wondered for whatever reason, what it would be like to preach on this particular story to people that were actually deaf. Would they hear it as a wonderful story, like their favorite? Or would it just be another uh, miracle story? Would there be some uh, difficulty in, um, in getting that kind of story across? I just kind of wondered those questions. Um, as I was uh, thinking about that and asking myself um, what it would be like to preach uh, on this text to people who were actually deaf, um, I realized um, that I could actually ask, this guy, <laughs> Dave Boyd, Pastor Dave Boyd, who actually served deaf congregations and certainly had that experience. And maybe I'll do that. Um, but before I got around to asking, um, asking what it would be like to preach on this text to people uh, who are actually deaf, I realized that perhaps I actually do. Hang with me. Television show I've been watching... I watch a fair bit of television, but if I talk about it in a sermon, I can say it's work, right? So, so a television show I've been watching, um, another Apple TV thing called C, that's uh, S-E-E. It's not the greatest show. It's uh, this kind of post-apocalyptic thing. Uh, the premise is that some six, eight, ten generations ago, I suppose, uh, nearly the entire population of the planet was wiped out because of some cataclysmic event. And all that's left are these various... Uh, kind of tribes of, of folks walking around. And the thing is, they're all blind. Part of the cataclysmic event was to wipe out most people, and those that were left were all blind. And everyone's been blind for generations. Except, miraculously, as of late, for a few folks who have been born seeing. Now, the show is not the greatest, a little too gory for my, my tastes, um, so I'm not suggesting watching it. Um, uh, so and won't get too much into it, but the idea, the, the point here is that these seeing people are viewed by everyone else as dangerous. And they're viewed as dangerous because they have come to believe, the stories that have been handed down, is that it was sight. It was the hubris of sight. 
It was the thing that the things that sight allowed those people generations back to do, like have technology and make weapons or do things that could destroy the planet. We're not told exactly what the cataclysmic event was, but they are convinced that it was those people having sight, that it was the sight that they had that kept them from seeing the things that they should have seen where things were going, so that though they had sight, they were actually blind. So in the show, the uh, blind people see, but the seeing people are blind. Okay. So switch sight for hearing, blind for deaf. And perhaps you can get uh, a little bit of what I mean by saying, I may actually be preaching to people who are actually deaf. In fact, I might be a deaf preacher preaching to people who are actually deaf. All of us, in one way or another, people who think we hear just fine, but because listening to the wrong things, or perhaps because of some ear-splitting background noise, I was at a UVA football game last night, and with my son was thinking back to a game we had gone to a few years before when they played Florida State. It was a big game. It was a full house. It was the end of the game, a fourth and goal. UVA was only up by a few points. We had to stop them, and the way you stopped them is being super loud so that the Seminoles can't communicate. The place was crazy, and Phoenix and I remember looking at one another, screaming at the top of our lungs, but we couldn't hear a thing. What we were saying, rendered deaf by the background noise. And so all of us, because either listening to the wrong things or because of some of that ear-splitting background noise, actually deaf, actually deaf to what the one who gave us our eyes and our ears and all our members, our reason and all our senses, would have us to hear with them. Thinking not of the audible noises, but all the, all the cultural and societal noise. And then add our own internal histories and fragilities that though we have ears, most of us that work all right, Render us deaf to a whole lot of things. For example, maybe criticisms. So it came to mind because I'm kind of deaf to most criticisms, not good at hearing them. Actually, I turn things that aren't criticisms into criticisms. I'm very good at giving them because I have plenty of wisdom to share. Around the house, I call them helpful tips for people. Got a helpful tip. I think that's funny. No one else thinks it's funny. Well, you do, but my household doesn't. <laughs> Think of a particular example at a district pastor's conference circa 2005. The tri-district conference up in New England, three districts get together, have a bunch of worship services there. Um, uh, and I was asked to preach for one of them, which was kind of cool. Um, I preached a tremendous sermon, but <laughs> I don't say so myself. Uh, one of the reasons it was tremendous is because I spent an inordinate amount of time on it. Um, wrote it, rewrote it, memorized it, practiced delivery, not because... I thought, well, mostly because I wanted to, uh, shameful as it is to say, uh, impress my colleagues. But it was pretty good. Got lots of good compliments. Thank you for the uh, pastor sort of compliments. Thank you for the word, Ben. That was great gospel. Thank you for uh, But I remember one person in particular, uh, vividly, uh, a friend, a pastoral colleague, a kind, humble person, uh, someone 10, 15 years my senior in the ministry. And I remember this. If this was yesterday, he came and said, Ben, that was a really good sermon. But then he said, there's, there's one line in there. I think it could have been misunderstood. And you might have wanted to rephrase that this way. 
To which, of course, I thought to myself, how dare you? (laughs) Who do you think you are? (laughs) And I remember it to this day. A word which I'm quite sure was meant actually to be helpful. It probably wasn't phrased the best. But I remember to this day, 15 years later, unable to hear that as the helpful thing that it actually was because I was deaf to that. Could only hear things like, you're a horrible preacher, a loser, and you're probably going to preach your whole congregation into hell. (laughs) I couldn't hear the right why. Maybe part of the reason is that I was listening to other things. Like some sad story that I tell myself about how important I might be. Or maybe it's a voice that says that many of us hear that says you're either perfect or you're a complete failure. And that if you're a complete failure, no one will like you and you'll end up dying sad and alone. (laughs) I know we all do this. They can't hear a criticism or maybe even we have a kind of hardness of hearing which has us turn everything into some sort of accusation or, or criticism. It's a kind of a, a funny example. A, a pastor friend of mine posted something on, on Facebook this, this past week. and it was, I can't remember it exactly, and I had to kind of come up with a, a list myself, but it was something like this. He said, um, premarital counseling um, should include at least one session with an acting coach to teach them how to ask these questions in a non-confrontational way. The questions are these. Do you have the receipt? (laughs) What should we have for dinner? (laughs) Have you seen my phone cord? (laughs) Now, a few of you giggled. (laughs) And and you didn't. If you don't get it, well, good for you. Um, But I laughed in a sort of jokes on me kind of way. Completely innocuous questions. Asked by certain people at certain times, I cannot help but hear, and you can't either, can't help but hear them as fighting words, as accusations. How dare you ask me where the phone cord is? Do you think I have a collection? (laughs) The receipt? Do you think I'm some sort of receipt librarian? Can't you see dinner, food? Can't you see I'm a very busy, important person, more busy than anyone else? Things that aren't even criticism turned into. We're deaf that way. And we could go on and on. Those are kind of negative things, the accusations. But what about compliments? Maybe legitimate, well-meaning words of support and encouragement that you seem to be deaf to. Why? Maybe you feel dirty or unworthy and figure whoever's saying those nice things can't really mean it. Perhaps that sometimes somebody did something very cruel to you or abused you And you told yourself, at least half-consciously, that you deserved it, and so don't deserve good treatment or kind words, and so filter them out and remain deaf to them. You could go on and on, but you see what I mean by this sort of functional deafness. Functional deafness, it's it's easy to, to think of the sort of things that we are unable to hear or that are drowned out either because of our own fragilities or histories or that, that, that ear-splitting background noise that says, you're a loser, you don't work hard enough or whatever. In, in one sense, I guess it's an impossible question to ask, but I'll ask it anyway, is what are you deaf to? Or maybe it's a little easier to, to, to at least ask, what is it really hard for you to hear. And if you can't even answer that one for yourself, you surely, you surely can think of other people who, for whatever reason, 
just can't hear certain things. Uh, Epitha. It's what Jesus, Jesus says to that deaf man in our reading. Epitha, his ears are open and he, he hears. But it is a story. It's a story about more than a physical healing. I can't go much into it. It might be not the best context for this, but suffice it to say that Mark and the Holy Spirit plant this story about Jesus giving a physically man, uh, physically deaf man hearing right in the middle of a bunch of stories where his disciples are not understanding anything, which are functionally deaf to everything Jesus is saying. Elsewhere in the Gospel, he does the same thing with a blind man. He plants this story about healing a physically blind man right in the middle of uh, his disciples not seeing anything that Jesus is truly about. And the reason he does that is to say that Jesus is not only about, he is about this too, the story is about a a part of Jesus beginning to recreate the whole world and set everything new. But to say Jesus is not simply about setting physically deaf ears and physically blind eyes to hear and to see, he's about opening your eyes and mine to hear new things. That's the good news. That Jesus speaks his epitha to us too. That he says, be open to us too. Part of what it means to follow Jesus, or better, to have Jesus chasing after you, is to be constantly getting your ears open. In the the early church, and in some parts of the church today still, there's a part of the baptismal liturgy. Maybe we should adopt it here. Where the the pastor or priest actually takes his, his thumbs I don't know if they actually put them into the ears all the way, but he wets them and puts them on the ears of the one being baptized and says to them, Epitha, be opened. Epitha, be opened as to say, you as a child of God, oh, the new things, the new things that you'll be able to hear, Maybe even like criticisms, real ones and the things that we, we, we let our guilty consciences and fragile egos turn into criticisms. I can hear things like, you're not a perfect preacher. Or you could be a much better father and husband and you, your equivalents. Can even hear horrible things like, you lost the phone cord again. <laughs> and everything worse and all the other indictments that come to us without and within, I can hear them and you can hear them. Because you first heard the voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus smiling. Do you know that supposedly if you close your eyes and someone says something smiling, and then without a smile you can tell the difference? <laughs> Sometimes when I'm doing the liturgy and facing that way, I make sure I intentionally smile. So hopefully the words come out better, like the, the, the prayers or something. You can hear all those other things because you can hear first Jesus smiling to say over you, You are my friend. Because you first heard the voice of your beloved father saying, beaming in pride over you, you are my beloved child. We have ears to hear the hard stuff and maybe, maybe even grow and learn from it. Because who we are is not wrapped up in being the perfect parent or the flawless spouse or a phone accessory watchdog. Your identity is wrapped up in Jesus who from the cross wrapped his arms around you, who through his words and through his Holy Spirit is wrapping his arms around you even now. 
or hear the compliments, all the good things. Whatever horrible, cruel things were done to you that maybe numb not only your ears, but all of you, you did not deserve them. So many of us have wounds that leave the world songless. Jesus knew cruelty, what it's like to be wounded. And he knows your wounds too. And yet he will hold you fast. Hear the words of our closing hymn today as sung by Jesus to you. We'll sing strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. And let your ears be opened to hear the world sing again. All this is to say, once you've heard Jesus, once you've heard Jesus say to you, I love you, you are mine, you are forgiven. On the last day, I will raise you up. Once you've heard Jesus' epitha and all the other things he has to say, you can hear anything. I love Psalm 112, verse 7, where speaking about ones who have heard and loved the voice of God, it says simply, he does not fear bad news. He can hear anything. Good, bad, ugly. Because you've heard the very best things, you can hear anything. Because you have heard Jesus, you can hear it all. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.